0: Welcome to the Real Estate Addicts Podcast. This is episode one. I'm Ray Herto. My name is Dan Rubin. And this is Mark Savatsky. And today we're going to be talking about how we got started in real estate, where we came from, and where we are now. And this is just kind of just a introduction and introduction to the podcast, introduction to us. Yeah. Just kind of Absolutely. talking about Just really informal, are. kicking it back, laying back so. here, eight o'clock at night.
1: Last week, uh, Ray and I were in Vegas at the International Builders Show, and uh, Dan unfortunately had to had to sit this one out. He's got a new baby at home, but um, just wanted to get your guys' take. Did you think it was a worthwhile endeavor to fly all the way out there?
0: Well, from what I remember, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, we had a fun time a couple nights there, but it's a really good show. I know there's some products out there that we like to look at. I'm, I'm kind of more of a geeky, you know, how do things work behind the walls kind of guy. Dan's definitely all about the finishes and, and things that most people actually care about. I, I always find it very interesting, very cool, so it's always it's always great going out there.
1: Awesome. I totally agree. I think one other benefit from going to these shows, and it doesn't have to be the IBS show, there's a great show in Rhode Island every year, um, there's a home show in Boston at the Convention Center, but you make some really good contacts, too. You get to meet guys where you're installing a new product, you've tried this Nichi Ha panel, and, and you reach out to that rep that you met at the show, and he's willing to come out and spend some time with you and your guys and make sure that you're doing everything right.
2: Yeah. we've, we've Actually, that's happened to us multiple multiple times after last year too you know we've tried out new products and the reps are really eager to help out especially if they're new to the market they really want to get involved and and get down and help you out and make it work so we're
0: their cheerleaders in a a way yeah Yeah. I mean we literally have to have them come out and train our guys sometimes and Okay, here's how you use all the parts that come with what's delivered. Let's <laughs> not let's not lose anything and throw it away.
1: <laughs> Nothing is worse than when you finish the install and there's like a handful of parts still on the ground. You're kind of like, hmm. It's, it's like these were supposed to awful. go
0: somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I have a yeah. feeling. was yeah. like,
2: can didn't we return these or are they actually <laughs>
0: supposed to go on the building somewhere?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh.
0: Awesome. So yeah, we were at uh, Vegas, but let's let's go back a little bit, sort of how we started. So Dan and I are HRV Homes. And Mark, you yeah, are?
1: name of my company is Choose Boston.
0: And we basically got started around the same time in, in the early 2010s, right?
1: Yeah, precisely. So yeah. I was working at Suffolk Construction. My background is in construction. I, fi- I consider myself more of like a, a nuts and bolts builder kind of guy rather than coming at this from the finance side or the spreadsheet side. And um, I just started tackling sort of one project at a time, and started out with some rentals, built some equity into it, pulled that equity out, put it into the next one, and uh, I was fortunate to be in a market that was appreciating. What do you guys think? 2011 in South Boston, 15% a year.
2: Oh, definitely. I think there was a there was a recent article in Boston Magazine, and I think South Boston over the last five years it went it's gone up some odd like. 70% yeah. or something crazy
1: like that. So certainly a lot of hard work, but you can't ignore the component of luck yeah. that, that goes into getting to where you are sometimes. And so that's- that. What
2: was your first purchase?
1: First purchase was a single family across the street from the post office in Southie. Renovated it with my buddies. We did a lot of the work ourselves. Found the other some other guys on Craigslist. I really had no network or like subcontractor base to speak of. Used a sort of like a thrift shop for builders <laughs> where I got like, you know, stores and windows that other people didn't want. And um, moved in there. My two roommates moved in, paid me rent. And I haven't paid a mortgage since I was 25 years old. It's amazing. Wow. That's, that's awesome.
0: That's pretty similar to Dan. That's
2: so how very, you got started. Very similar to yeah. me. I, I, I was renting in Dorchester in 2008. I was a year out of school. I graduated from Northeastern <laughs> University. I graduated with uh, a degree that had nothing to do with real estate, computer engineering. So uh, what I'm doing now, I'm sure my parents are very proud <laughs> of me. But, but all, everyone... Everyone in my family, including my parents, uh, both uh, own their own businesses and were kind of like entrepreneurial, so yeah. no, none of my family members, grandparents or parents ever worked for like corporate America, working in corporate America, so cool. I was I, out of school, obviously. I, I was at corporate America for 10 years, and I, by the end, I just wanted to gouge my eyes out, so. Um, <laughs> but go, going back, I, I bought my first three family in 2008, the bottom of the market a uh, year out of school no I had no idea what I was doing but I knew I didn't want to pay rent anymore cuz I was paying kind of me and my roommate were paying like 1800 bucks a month uh for rent and we were splitting it but it, to me it was a lot of money and I said you know what maybe I'll I'll buy you know a multifamily I live in one unit rent the others so I bought I bought my first three unit building it was actually the next street over from where I was renting I mean in 2000 everyone knows 2008 it was it was awful I think in Boston alone I went on to MLS there were like 450 multifamily homes available on the market at the time. And I think now if you go on, there's you're lucky if there's like 120. Yeah. So I basically had my pick at the litter. Stuff had been sitting for years potentially. I, uh, I made an offer at $75,000 below ask, and the guy accepted because he just wanted to get Get the fuck out. So um you <laughs> and
0: know, you got all your inspection items or most of them. Yes. Which he, is completely he complete, unheard yeah, of. Yeah, he completed
2: today. every single one of my inspection items that came up during my home <laughs> inspection. So wow. yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So I i spent you know, I did three and a half percent FHA, spent about twenty K in renovations, lived in one unit, rented out the other two, had a roommate and like same I, I my entire mortgage. I was I paid nothing to live, and I was banking my entire salary. And a few years later, I you know Ray and I became close because Ray was working in the same corporate job I was. And I said, Hey Ray, you know, are you interested in potentially doing something in real estate? Maybe starting something and doing a condo conversion. And that's kind of how things kicked off.
0: Yeah, like Dan, I went to Northeastern. Uh, I came from Connecticut originally. Boston was very fresh, very new to me. I wasn't as local as you two gentlemen were. But that being said, the city grew on me, and once I graduated and, and again, worked at the same place that Dan worked at, we were friends, and I think, Dan, you tried doing this with a couple other people initially, and it just didn't work out, and then you came to me and said, hey, you want to flip a house, or you want to get into real estate? You know, I think you were watching a lot of HGTV back in the day. That was your inspiration.
1: Dan, do you want to elaborate on any of the girlfriends that didn't didn't pan out at the first foray (laughs) into your earlier (laughs) partnerships? Um...
2: I'll preface that in a partnership, the work that all of you do should be equal, and I learned really very early on in in that quote-unquote partnership that I was doing 90% of the work and they were doing
0: 10% of the work. They wanted... 50% Fifty percent of everything. But Dan, that's that's how it works in business yeah. school. When you're doing business <laughs> present, this is what I went to school for. When you when you're in business school, you're literally like, oh, okay, we're gonna divide into teams now.
1: Did you go to business school?
0: I did. You I have went, an MBA? I, I have. I don't have MBA. I just oh. have a BSBA, more okay. BS than BA. Yeah. But, you know <laughs>
1: right. But for, for real, I let my I, listeners know that I'm, I'm a notary public. <laughs> I don't tell everyone that, but I feel very close with everyone listening to our first how, I don't how do you even become a notary public? Oh my God. So you, you have to go mm-hmm. to the Secretary of State's office. It's a nominal fee. They make you uh, swear an oath, which I, you know, mm-hmm. uphold very seriously. If you guys need something notarized, I just need to see your licenses. We'll, can I, you notarize I, I, I assume
2: you can't notarize your own stuff. You can't,
1: that's a conflict of interest. Right. Right. One thing I did want to hit back on Ray said that he's not from Boston and that he kind of came to this market. And if I'm ranking the real estate markets in this country, uh, what do you guys think? I would say San Francisco, um, yes. maybe Seattle. New York. No, New York.
0: City.
1: Uh, I will agree to disagree. Um, maybe, in,
0: well, what are you ranking it in terms of? Yeah, what of? are we talking about? Like
1: let's say um, I'm going to say like what markets are, are growing the fastest. Oh, well, Where's impressed. the best op? Like if you're, yeah.
0: <laughs> fair. And what time period are we talking about? Are we talking about present day or modern times, when I'm I came ta- to yeah. Boston and knew A- nothing about the Abraham scene?
1: Lincoln's? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say San Francisco. I'm going to yeah. say Seattle, yeah. um, maybe yeah. DC and then maybe Boston or flip or, or the reverse. So what I think is real interesting is I see some of our uh, peers who are kind of, let's say there's hunters and gatherers. I say just gather like their market is so good here why do you need to go out and hunt and uh you know you see guys taking trips down to atlanta or wherever else to look at real estate like what, what's your guys take
0: well there's no there's no doubt that the cash flow might be better your return on investment might be better a good example is a couple years back dan and i flew to the atlanta area and to check out a potential 40 unit project that some other investors that we know um were thinking of buying they were buying forty units for what was it, one point four million? Something like that. I think it was, less, think like it was less than that. I think it was like one two. And I mean in Boston, one point whatever will get you maybe a three family and a good market.
2: Or- I think if you're going for if you're going for cap rates and cash on cash return, then some of these areas outside of Boston might be a good play. But if your name of the game is development and you're doing a twelve to twenty-four month project, then these markets, it, like Boston, is 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 definitely where you want to be. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, that's where my thoughts would be. On I that. guess
0: let's also preface some of this on what's the difference between our kind of projects versus somebody living in the suburbs. I mean, right. traditionally, you're talking about multi-unit development versus single-family homes. And I think right from the start, Dan, you and I agreed we don't want to be doing thirty projects a year. We went yeah. to a lot of networking real estate meetups when we first started. We said. Hey, nice to meet you. What do you do? And and a couple people say oh, I do, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 of these things a year and it's wow. I'm impressed. This might be where I want to be. But the more we learned and saw and observed what kind of churn and and stress that involves. Well, our first originally
2: <laughs> our our we were originally when we first started, we were like, "Okay, well what's our kind of geographic area we want to concentrate on?" Oh, oh, we'll concentrate on everything east of 495 <laughs> you know we quickly realize it's like well I know nothing about 95% of those markets yeah. and we honed in and said well what markets do we know right. you know I live in Dorchester I well I lived in Dorchester I now lived in Southie you know I know metro boston I've been here since 2002 when I came here for school so I've been here for over 10 years let's concentrate on the markets we know obviously the Barrier to entry is a lot higher, yeah. but I think the being be cash, being
1: right? cash, like, ca- like it is, it is a capital intensive yes. business, yes. and especially in Boston. Yep.
2: So sure, yes. we could go to the suburbs, yeah. and we can spend two fifty or three hundred on a single family, and put fifty into it, and sell it for four hundred and make. 30 to 50 grand or something but you know when we came in and started running numbers on a condo conversion in boston now your numbers go from making triple that basically or well you're or doing more. it on scale you're, you're doing
0: do, instead of doing three distinct homes you're doing one home which will eventually become three condos but let's yeah. face it it's really just
2: three but your return is one. more than just tripling like that 30 to 50 grand it could be a lot
1: higher the, the thought of going And uh, hunting, again, it scares me because I I just picture someone else coming into Boston for their first project. They've been a successful developer wherever, and they show up at the building department their first day.
0: Honestly, you have to learn. You you have
1: to know the the ropes, especially around here. It's incredibly…
0: The very first project Dan and I did, it was literally flying by the seat of our pants. Oh, do you want to do this thing? Sure. Yeah, I worked with my dad. I, I installed windows. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, I'm not saying we were swinging hammers. That was never the intention. And I think that's the difference between my attitude as a teenager, which was I'm never going to get into real estate again versus, okay, I'll give this a try. It was the fact that, okay, now I'm managing. I'm not doing. There's nothing wrong with doing but I did not have the same passion for doing as I did for. We managing. lost. We lost money on our first deal. Yeah, the first deal. We lost. A, we lost twenty. What
1: were you guys? I think one of the things we should do in this podcast, when when possible, is to actually talk numbers. So like, yeah. Yeah. How, how much did you guys buy that for? What was your expectation? What did you think you'd make? And like, where do you think you landed?
0: I want to say we paid around three fifty for it. Yeah, we paid. What was it
1: again? It was a
2: three burnt out three family in Dorchester. Okay. Yep, and. The building would probably be worth a million dollars today. Yeah, burnt out. Right. But um, no, no, no. Well, not, not much area. less. No.
0: Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> All right. That's for so, another topic. So another I debate. think I think it
2: was this, and this is a, this will blow your mind. So we bought it for three fifty. I think what well, we put two fifty into it.
0: That was our original budget. I think that was part of the problem is we didn't understand everything that right. goes into it. Now the the seller had also put in new windows and redone the roof and gutted it and they kind of teed it up for us. There was rough plumbing, but it we was plumbing. Yeah, we tore it we all had to tear it all out. out. We assumed that we wouldn't have to touch that. So what do we end up spending? Probably around three, three fifty.
2: Okay, well what would we spend on so yeah. let's compare I, I know we're jumping around, but labor costs in 2010 sure. versus labor costs yes. in 2019. What would a gut renovation of a three family cost us today? A little more than that.
1: So so where was your sellout? And and did you sell them or did you So so here yourself? was our
0: mistake. So we yeah. sold, we we completed the project. I think at the worst time of the year we completed the project going right into Thanksgiving. Yeah,
2: I think it I think it actually came out pretty good for our first one. I don't know. But it did. It, it, it was nice. It was nice. So it was there were all We might
0: have overdone it for the area and may have. for the time. We may have. That might have been it. And I think we were influenced
2: a little bit by our broker
0: yeah. to kind of put in
2: finishes that maybe necessarily we didn't need to put in. I think we sold each unit
0: for like 350 I mean, I can look that up. It's easy <laughs> enough to look yeah. up. But I
2: think our sellout was a little over a million. Okay, and we sold so we
1: bought two, a f- for three fifty. Yep. Your sellouts around a million. Your yep. construction was um, three hundred. Three hundred. Right? Okay, so you're you're still in a position to make money. How, and now the soft costs were such that.
2: So he f- seller financed it. Mm-hmm. The other problem was is we paid for all the construction costs ourselves, but we paid them. We paid for a lot of the stuff on our credit cards. So we we're making we were paying interest on all our cards. It was eating us up. And then we sold two of the units almost immediately, and the third one sat for a year. We right. couldn't sell it for a year, because yeah. um, the market, in 2010, the condo market in Dorchester obviously still was still pretty soft. So, you know, we sat on the last unit, but see the problem was, is looking back, we owned that third unit free and clear. So what we should've done is we should've just fi- refinanced it, yeah. pulled the money out and rented it, yeah. but we didn't know any better. That's right,
0: hindsight. So, hindsight. So I actually found the first spreadsheet, which is, A very very ugly spreadsheet, and I'm sure we'll be talking about (laughs) spreadsheets maybe coming up. So without saying that word again, uh, I think we ended up budgeting about two twenty five, and I think we spent about two fifty on it. So we actually didn't do too bad. Uh, Again, some things had already been done for us, but at the end of the day, I mean, it was just. uh, Well,
2: what was what ended up being the sellout?
0: So the sales, the the sales. I'll have to pull up here real quick. So Mark, after you bought your first single family,
2: you lived there for a while. Then what'd you do next?
1: Um, It's funny enough, a physician from Brookline owned the adjacent single family right on the other side of the shared party wall. And I had reached out to him about a year prior when I had first moved in and finished the renovation. I said, Hey, if you're Ben, if you're ever thinking of selling, please give me a shout. And he did just a year later. He said, look, my wife and I are buying something else. Uh, We don't want to be landlords anymore. And I just figured, well, hell, I have the recipe. It's the identical house. I just renovated this one top to bottom. And so my my first move was, uh, I took all the equity that I built out of 57. I moved it into number 59, which was right next door. Shortly after that, I moved. Talk about a short move. You said you moved a half a block away. I literally moved from one side of a party wall to the other. I brought tenants in and I managed the rental property on the other side of the party wall. And I, I still have those properties now. I bought the first ones uh just talking about numbers i bought that first property for 275 thousand dollars the next one i paid about 320. those renovations cost between 50 and 70 thousand dollars you know those produce about thirty-eight hundred dollars a month if i had to figure a cap rate quickly i couldn't but it's a double digit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: and what, what are the buildings worth today uh, six to
1: seven hundred very easily yeah yeah That's so awesome. yeah
0: well, I found the numbers. If anybody yeah. actually yeah. still, if anybody actually <laughs> if anybody, still listens, if anyone's still there, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first unit we sold was around two hundred forty thousand. Oh, a lot less than a lot less. And then the second one was two fifty seven, and that was actually the middle unit. The last unit, which so is wasn't the, a million, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, far from it. So the last one sold for two eighteen five, and that one is where we took the loss because the entire time we were projected to make money. For whatever reason, the market just stalled. We could not get that third buyer. Yeah. And the guy that bought it from us, I think he was a real estate agent. So he just saw it was stale and came in and made an offer. And we kind of had no choice but to say, did you pay let's your, do it. Did
1: you pay your investors back? Well, there were no there investors. Were no inve- uh, well, we financed it all
0: ourselves. We did have a couple. It was parents. Yeah. We paid them back. Did you, did and you think our own about 401ks. We took loans out on our 401ks. Did, yeah. Yeah. did
1: you guys think after that first project about maybe start sitting it out and kind of hanging up your uh, cleats? We well, what we did was we took a step back and
2: reevaluated.
0: Yeah, we did. We did. We we said, okay. The the actually the agent that brought us that property brought us another property that was going to be more of a rental for us. So we rolled our money into there. Now, thank goodness, we still had our full time jobs because we didn't want to. You know, we needed a safety net, and we didn't want to just jump out there like we knew what we were doing when we really didn't. Which, which was a good thing we didn't. We would <laughs> we would have been fucked. Yeah. <laughs> would have been bad. So we. Yeah, we rolled it into that uh, rental, three-family rental, stabilized it. A year later, I I bought the th- a three-family rental, which was adjacent to it. Yeah. So I think we had all used up our first-time homebuyer credits. Do you
1: still have that property?
0: We do, we yeah. Have we have both of yeah, them. That's great. We pretty much took a three-year hiatus from doing any
2: more development and focused on buying some rentals.
1: It's funny, because I started out doing rentals, too, and it was definitely... I look back, and it's a much more forgiving way to to develop. You know, Absolutely. selling condos, your buyers are very discerning. There's a certain level of quality that you have to hit. You have warranties to offer. You know, if I mess something up on a rental, I you know I fixed it. I came back. It it didn't have to be perfect. And maybe that's um, a really good take- yeah. Maybe yeah. that's
2: a really good takeaway. Is like if you're really just jumping in, back then it was a lot easier too. Like we didn't have to sprinkler the building. Yeah, we didn't have to. There was so much, so many less constraints in terms of the construction and pulling a permit and everything like that versus today is jumping through hoops. I mean, if, if, well, if there was no home
0: energy test. Yeah, if anyone fewer. knows,
2: you know, just pull, just in general, pulling a mm-hmm. permit, pulling a long form in the
1: city of Boston is just a yeah. daunting task. Oh, I looking back at the, the permits that I pulled for the work that I did, yeah. oh, God.
0: <laughs> we we were told that we might have to sprinkle the building, and, we, and then we were told we were one of the last buildings to get through before they made it mandatory. Yeah. Things, things change, and, and that's another reason why things get more expensive. We've had population growth. We've had industries moving in. We've had colleges growing their enrollments. The job market's been steady. And, and all of this, on top of the fact that, and I know we'll get into this on another discussion, is Boston zoning being very builder-unfriendly or, or density-neutral, uh, we'll call it maybe. It depends on what projects you get approved. Yeah. It's the perfect recipe for increasing costs.
1: I mean that certainly ebbs and flows. The idea of restrictive zoning, I, I sort of take the position that Boston understands that we have a housing shortage and has a done a fairly good job in allowing the housing stock to catch up uh, to the anemic uh, supply. I think the other considered point where you you might have been going earlier is just that the the building codes continue to get more and more restrictive. At each new addition, there's something new that that comes into it. And personally. I am i don't hate it. It sort of sets a new baseline that we all have to meet and it's built into the price at some point. It
2: also weeds out the garbage.
1: It it definitely does. But, you know, we talk a lot about the difficulty of being a developer versus a custom home builder. You are, in the words of George Bush, the decider, right? Every single time, you know, that whole discussion that a GC can have with his client about good, better, best. Where do you... How far do you want to go with everything? It, it's, it's tough being, being a developer. And uh, we have to know that the code is like a C-minus on a test, right? You know, just because you meet code doesn't mean that you did a superb job if you pass your inspections and get a O, So how far do you take it? And one thing that kind of levels the playing field is when everyone has to use Makeup Air, everyone has to sprinkle their building. And over time, the, the market kind of captures that in the acquisition prices. And uh, I, I think that's good for the consumer and it's good for a good developer. Nope,
2: I, I, I 100% agree. Stepping back to where you were saying, you know, The barrier, like getting in and kind of renovating a rental and doing it that way as opposed to just jumping in and doing, like looking back, I what Ray and I did was just
0: stupid. Well, we were young and we had no significant others. We (laughs) had nothing else in our lives. We said, if not now, then when? But Let's just do it. it. But it was stupid. (laughs) It It was a calculated risk. And we said, what's the worst case scenario? Yes. And we thought the worst case scenario was breaking even. In reality, we lost some money. $20,000 $20,000 is a lot for most of America, right? So forget Boston. Boston it, it may not be as much, but it was a lot. Luckily we had jobs that we continued to save and we were able to absorb. Well, that's it. that's the that's the other thing is you know, like we know a lot of people that have
2: jumped into this, quit their jobs and jumped into this and it's being like I want to be a developer, I want to be a house flipper and just because of the market you could get in big you trouble. You have to be careful. You have well, to be very careful.
1: You know one thing that my my father always used to say to me is you have to pay for your education and if, if that $20,000 was an education and you learned a lot from the experience mm-hmm. then you know what it, it, it doesn't sink your ship it certainly puts a hole in the side but uh, you know you take your lumps and you keep yeah. going and you build your business and and so that's and You know it
2: took us another five years before we quit our full-time jobs. Yeah
0: and, yeah. and we're continuously refining our estimating I mean it's sad to say, but we still continue to go over budget on certain things, whether it's just us not budgeting properly from the start, or just the costs keep going up. I mean, labor's labor, and and we pride ourselves on paying fair labor rates, not the cheapest labor we can find. Like you were saying on the Craigslist, uh, yeah, the Craigslist hey, <laughs> pay, fishing pole. Pay, pay
1: peanuts, <laughs> get monkeys, right? <laughs> If you roll around in the mud The
2: old uh, drive to Home Depot And pick people up from the parking lot Oh my god
0: Do you remember when we actually We went to Lowe's Or maybe it was just me When we were doing our project in Stoneham I went at like 6 in the morning on a Saturday I do remember And I, I had flyers It was a contractor's open house We were calling it To get contractors. This was some idea we had seen on some forum somewhere. I I can't remember where, but, oh, have a contractor open house. It might have been bigger pockets. It might have been. um,
1: So you're talking about you you show up at Home Depot and you have flyers. What are are you advertising? Oh, come to our, we have a big
0: job. We're going to do a gut rehab. We have a lot of work for you. Come over here and come bid it. Okay, sure, sure. And I mean, some people came through and some people just laughed at me in the parking lot. One guy I got pissed, didn't he? Oh, he got mad. Yeah, he he said, "This is garbage. Why am I going to do that?" I said, "Because if you're good, then we'll we'll have more work for you."
1: Uh, it's funny. Like we come from different backgrounds. Like I'm, I, I worked at Suffolk Construction, kind of got into this, and had a pretty good network of of peers around me, guys who also maybe worked for those larger construction companies who were doing smaller developments on the side that I could call on for advice. But I feel like at Fidelity, you might not have that same, um, let's call it, a network. And, and so you guys look to things like bigger pockets and maybe seminars. And I wonder, do you think that like those seminars are worth the cost at at the outset?
0: That's a
2: loaded we, question. we we, yeah. we thought they were we, thought,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got sold
0: on them. yeah, I think we were motivated because we went to one. We won't say which one, but Dan and I did attend one. I think How much we spent thirty k. Thirty-five thousand, I think. So, if someone came about, up to
1: me and asked me right now that they're thinking of spending thirty-five grand, they want to be, I'd say, listen to me. Just come work for me for a month. I, you know, how much will you will you have made? I will teach you so much more than you'll learn in that seminar. Just work for free for you guys or for whoever. And I.
0: The challenge there is you bring somebody on and and you're essentially teaching them. And so, how much time are you saving? Dan and I have this debate all the time, like having an intern, right? Yeah. The true definition of an intern is that it's supposed to actually – you're supposed to exert more energy training them than you are to get benefit out of them. I think that's some kind of actual legal law about about not paying them essentially. Otherwise, you should be paying them. I don't know. The seminars, to Ray's point, it it did
2: motivate us. We learned nothing. Yeah. We paid for the highest package. They took us around. They gave us a quote-unquote mentor and coach and – all it did was it, it, it motivated us to, to pay to get that money back. Yeah. And kind of kicked us into gear and pushed us because it's but those some of those seminars are sad, right? Like Ray and I still had full time, like well paying full time jobs. And you go to some of these places and people are talking about their backgrounds and it's like some people are not making a lot a it's lot, their life if savings it, they're, or, they're spending yeah. they're putting like thir- this $35,000 on a credit card or they're taking it out of their 401ks in mm. their retirement and your heart af- looking back it's predatory I, I feel really really bad for they some
0: still, of still they still run ads for another training program out here it's predatory I'd say obviously they're going to focus on the success stories and not everybody can be a success story and that's just kind of how business is but to Dan's point I, I agree I mean it's you know, it if, is a little sketchy Let's just put it that way. I'll
1: qualify this with I've never sat through a minute of a, such a seminar. But to me, it sounds like one, a placebo effect. It's kind of like the feather in Dumbo's hat. It's like, I sat through this, so now I can do it. The second thing that I get from it is, is a commitment device. Um, it's sort of like you said, I've invested this money in the seminar. Now I'm damn well gonna go flip a house. So it's it's sort of giving you that confidence and the desire to just go and do it. But I think if you have the, the drive internally, maybe you'd be better off just maybe you make a mistake and you lose 35 grand on your first build. But I think you'll Learn much more from that experience than a weekend seminar. Oh, absolutely. I,
0: I think what we learned from all of this was that I guess in this day and age, you know, maybe back 10, 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't as prevalent to find these resources online. But there are a ton of resources online. And every day there's more YouTube channels. There's obviously bigger pockets. Well, it's not just online either. It's it's
2: There's so many networking events right. in and around the city that people can go to and network with people like us and talk with industry professionals and contractors and real estate agents and attorneys. There's just, you can meet so many cool people just by going to these and networking events. Right.
0: You just have to get yourself out there. And for us, this that's what this whole thing did was it just kind of motivated us to get out there. Yes, we were told, you know, you need to do direct mail and you need to talk to motivated sellers and ABC. And we started to do the direct mail because of that. That was probably the number one thing that we did after going to that event. Yes. After going to the, the course. Our marketing. Was the marketing.
2: And I'm, I think that that's, obvi- that's another topic, I think, for a discussion on the, on that, we can, that we can talk about too.
1: So we hope I've, everyone listening out there, this podcast is sort of set up. So we hope that if you tune in, you're going to learn a lot of the things that you might have otherwise gotten out of a $30,000 seminar. <laughs> um, I think each of us here sort of subscribes to the 5149 principle, which is, you know, give more than you take. And uh, hope this is beneficial. And we're looking forward to doing many are more. Are we wrapping
0: up? Are we wrapping up already? Uh, you know, I, I, too I, late I go to bed you? Early. <laughs> so, Yeah. early. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, kind of like what's the objective of the podcast? And and I think you just hit it in the nail on the head. We kind of feel like we're in a special area of the country. We, are, we want to talk about, we know there's other podcasts out there that cover a lot of topics. And we're looking to kind of just... Build a, kind of a niche and talk about things that ne- may not, might not necessarily be talked about on other podcasts. We're we're going to be very transparent.
2: Well, we're going to bring in some really cool guests. We're going to talk yeah. to some really cool people. We're going to talk about all aspects. I mean, I think just in this short conversation alone, we probably talked about we've covered a lot ten. Of yeah, we covered a lot yeah. of ground. We bounced around a lot. We could probably there's probably ten topics that we can choose from just by you know re-listening to this that we can kind of drill down and kind of. Um, Absolutely. Pull apart.
0: So, so, you know, looking forward to. to so, how time. do we, so how do people, if they haven't, I mean, they obviously found us somehow. So, how do they connect with
1: us? I think through Choose Boston and HRV Homes for now. Yeah. We'll we'll have our own IG for this show sometime. At some point.
2: But I think it's better, it's, I think it's better to, to follow Choose Boston and HRV Homes because it kind of just shows what we're doing on a day to day basis and yeah. you can kind of see what we do and, Subscribe.
1: And thank you guys for listening. And please uh, log on and give us a review. Yeah. And uh, that's it.
2: This is it. That's it. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers.